0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. It's time for Inside Virginia Tech Wrestling. We'll talk all things hokey wrestling with Coach Kevin Dresser and his staff. Now, let's join your host, three time national wrestling writer and broadcaster of the year, Jason Ryan. Episode 14 of Inside Virginia Tech Wrestling. Today, talking with head coach Kevin Dresser. The off season is here, but the season never really ends in the sport of wrestling. We know that so well. And Coach Dresser, understand the team awards that wrapped up last season recently came through the pipe, and it was a a, a big moment for a lot of these guys, a lot of seniors, a lot of a lot of first time award winners. And uh, let's first of all, before we talk about who won the awards, talk about the process of the banquet and how everything is set up for Virginia Tech wrestling with these postseason awards.
1: Well, I think this is our what eighth or ninth year now of doing award dinner, and it's uh, something that I strongly believe and I think it's important to get everybody together in a in a lighter setting and a formal setting. Everybody uh gets cleaned up and looks good and we always invite fans, uh area fans, of course parents in so we did it this year in the football stadium. We got a beautiful fourth floor president suite, so we hooked them up good and um we had uh, Do South Barbecue as a commercial for them right now. Uh cater it, they did a great job. When you're in tough West Virginia, you know you gotta do the barbecue thing. And um, and we give out awards, uh, just kind of a wrestling flavor. Obviously, I think next week, actually next Wednesday, we have our Virginia Tech awards. But uh, I think it's important to uh, to uh, recognize our guys on their season. And um, getting the parents here for the weekend is pretty cool too. So it's spring game day as well, so a lot going on on campus.
0: Now we talk about the you know you talk about the big awards in barbecue. And I, I wondered this. I asked Jeremy Johnson this on the last episode. Have you figured out why the Hokey Faithful? Bless them so much. Eat turkey legs. I mean, it's like eating, it's like North Dakota State eats their, eats bison. I don't get the whole concept of eating your own mascot.
1: I just showed you how tough we are, you know. You got to be, it, even being in that conversation, you got to be tough, you know. So that just proves how tough Hokies are, you know. But turkey tastes pretty dang good. So, uh, you know, that's not, a, that's not a far stretch.
0: No, it's not like, as we were talking with Jeremy, it's not like you're going to roast up a bobcat or anything.
1: No, no, that'd be hard eating a eating a cyclone or a Hawkeye or something. You know? be, you'd really have to be hungry. Yeah,
0: how do you eat, how would you eat a cyclone?
1: I don't know. I, you got to be quick, I guess.
0: Now, Hawkeye, you've got experience there. I mean, uh, you know, the hawk itself, you could probably probably get, but the eye's not going to give you much much meat. No, I, I
1: don't think it's probably probably a delicacy either. You know? I think you'd have to be pretty hungry to do that. So yeah,
0: it's, that's that's uh, last resort type of stuff if you're you're stuck out and you know. Where Weber's from. You're stuck out in Gilbertville. You got to find something to eat. You got to eat, eat an eye of. Yeah. Anyway, anyway we're, 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 we're Who knows where we're going with this line of questioning? So, as we talk about the award, let's get back to something positive and not just some, you know, uh, we need to stay on track here, right? This is a serious show, right. isn't it? It's a serious show. That's right. Team awards. What do we got?
1: Well, we did, uh, we gave a top underclassman and a top upperclassman GPA award. So uh, everybody gets a shot at it because obviously as they progress, uh, um, there's less competition, but, but, uh, tougher, uh, GPAs to beat out. So, uh, we, uh, our top underclassman GPA went to Jared Hout. So that just proves that West Virginia people are very, very intelligent, despite all the jokes. Um, so, uh, Jared Hout got the top underclassman GPA and Devin Carter got the top upper class GPA. We had a match of the year, which went to Sal Mastriani. If you remember his first round against Drexel when he was down by, I think, eight or nine. Um. And he came back and tied it up, went into overtime, so we do a match of the year. We had a, a redshirt freshman of the year, actually. We, we gave that to Zabatsky and Shisco because we, those guys had both had pretty good redshirt freshman years. Uh, we give out an award this year called the 11th Man Award. We tally all the um, all of the open tournaments all year long for the guys that aren't the starters, and uh, we, we, we attach a point total to it based on how many matches they wrestle, and then if they win it, they get five bonus points. So the winner of that this year was Dan Garwood. He put up a lot of matches this year. Um, Coaches award went to uh, Gable and Moon. Obviously two guys that seasons in, uh, two, two guys that seasons uh, were cut short. And both guys tried to stay in there as long as they can, probably when they weren't even medically cleared to wrestle. They were still in there pretending like they were medically cleared. Um, most improved was probably a little bit of surprise and, and, and a lot of, uh, ways we gave it to Chad Struby who who filled in very nicely for um, um, Chris Moon and had some nice wins for us, and then Joey Dance. Uh, a lot of people probably wonder why we gave Joey Dance most improved. You know, look at the, maybe the last tournament he had, but Joey was thirty-two and two, was the third seed going to the nationals. He had he had a tremendous season, and uh, if you look at his record this year compared to last year, uh, he was very improved. Just didn't just had one bad weekend, and then freshman of the year, of course, went to Zach Epperly. Um, We do most takedowns, most uh, falls, most wins, and most near falls. And um, I'll have to to, uh, commend Devin Carter for winning all four of those and saved us uh, money on three awards. So I just uh, went cheap on him and put them all in one award. Um, And I think, yeah, this is pretty amazing. I thought uh, B.J., uh, Brian Johnson, our sports information guy, did a – I made a mistake on this, but Devin had 172 takedowns this year. Um, so I thought that was pretty impressive. And, and that made uh, Brian Johnson check it twice and three times because I didn't believe him at first. But then he showed me, I think at the Virginia Duels, he had like 37 takedowns at the Virginia Duels. So uh, that was pretty impressive. He had most falls, most wins, most near-fall points. And then, of course, Outstanding Wrestler of the Year with Devin. And then um, we give out All-American Awards, Real Knights Award for being All-American. And we had four of those with Nick Rosetta, Ty Walls, um, Devin Carter and Zach Epperly. So good, good outing. We had uh, three seniors uh, get up and speak at the end. Chris Moon, Devin Carter, and uh, David Wesley, a Richmond guy. So we had three seniors get up and give their farewell speeches, and that's always a uh, funny and sometimes very moving um, finale to our night. So that's a recap.
0: Now, when we look at it, you got the guys coming back in terms of of that. Have you looked at the lineup at all next year? Or no, and where guys like Chishko and Zvatsky are going to fit in? I mean, obviously, that uh, there's a lot of speculation as we've still got a lot of time before next season. But uh, just if you had, yeah, if you had a pencil and paper, if you were going to look at a lineup right now, what would you what are you thinking?
1: Well, this will probably really get me in trouble, but I'll be uh, vague and I'll be broad. And you know, one thing I uh, I made the comment I, I think at our at our dinner on Saturday night. And I know I made it to the team. when We had a team meeting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that uh, you know every year you you do this, you you pencil in a lineup, and you know all the the wrestling sports writers start publishing lineups. Even now, I've seen some out there. And obviously, when we get into the fall, and, and especially when we get into November, everybody's got the top teams lineups all, all set there. But the reality of it is, is they never ever turn out that way. If, if somebody would have said that we would have entered uh, Chad Strubian and Tavi and Leary in the ACC championships, I would have bet them uh, uh, a lot of money. But you just never, ever know when your number's going to get called because of injuries, because the guy's moving up, moving down. So what I say right now, that's my disclaimer, Jason, and that uh, what I say now is uh, is only good for April 28, 2015, and it could change tomorrow. But obviously right now, if you look at our lineup, it's 25. Um, you know, Joey Dance is, is the front runner, uh, 133. Uh, Gustafson and uh, Nordstrom uh, looks like they're going to battle there. Uh, you know, and I don't know what, what's going to happen there if um, if uh, you know Nordstrom's going to go up, Gustafson's going to go up. We don't have anybody right now at 41 that's a front runner. So uh, I know I know Gustafson wants to go 33, and you know, that's the cool thing about wrestling is uh, you, you get to go challenge at the weight class you want to challenge at. And uh, you know, one thing about really great wrestlers that I learned is they're very selfish. Uh, they're they're very selfish to, to putting themselves in the best position to be great and to be a national champ. And so uh, you know'll interesting to see you know who who wants to go where uh, in that particular situation uh 49 you know again very competitive situation on paper right away with uh you know a lot of people are be talking about Shisco and mastriani you got two really good guys i think both guys will be uh, it's fair to say both guys and you're you're the you're the ranking dude I'd, Say it's fair to say that both those guys could be ranked top 10 in the nation out of the shoot, or at least close. Um, 57, of course, Bruschetta is the front runner at this point. Um, 65, you know, Strube is the guy back, but, you know, we got a young guy coming in, McFadden, that uh, I know he's expressed interest to get in there. And uh, watching him wrestle this year, he's pretty daggone good now. He's just, you know, he's going to come in and go to summer school and be on that all summer with us. So we'll see how he progresses. Uh, uh, those two guys seem to be the front-runner, but we might have some other guys that uh, will have something to say about that. Um 74, of course, Epperly. 84, again, a situation like 49 where you got two guys that, you know, uh, I think it's fair to say that could both be ranked in the top 20 preseason next year with asking Gable. Gable's just, you know, Gable's going to be uh, not 100% right away, I don't think, just because he's coming off of a pretty significant knee deal or a knee surgery, ACL, and MCL and whatever CLs are left over, he had repaired. Um, and then it, uh, right now, your House seems to be the front runner. Ninety-seven, And, of course, Walls the heavyweight. So you know, on paper, it's a pretty good, pretty good group of guys, pretty good, good lineup. But again, it's April twenty-eighth, and um, I would be- venture a lot of money that that won't be the lineup uh, on March sixth when they go to the ACC. So, um, but you know, I hope. I hope it, if nothing else, it serves as a a motivator for these guys that uh, you know they got to get get in there and compete and uh if you like to compete you're excited about what i just said if you don't like to compete you're you're probably nervous about what i just said so that's that's the long version
0: well now shifting gears from one type of competition to the next the u.s open and uh, united world wrestling junior championships are being held in las vegas and uh, how many hokies do we expect to see out in las vegas
1: well, we've got a couple of young guys up here. we got Spangler. Uh, guy that did a good job for us this year from Florida, 57-pounders, going to be in the junior division. Most of my guys are actually too old, so we're, we're loading up uh, the full uh, boat, van, whatever, to go there to Akron uh, in May. Uh, we're taking you know 20-plus guys there. But we will have Spangler and a Joey Dance is going to compete in the open division. And then we've got uh, a regional training center guy, Eric Morrill, who's a former Edinburgh guy that's been on our staff. He's going to go out there to compete. But I think right now that's the only three I might be missing somebody, but I think that's it. But you know we got just about everybody. I think we're throwing the kitchen sink at Akron, so we got a lot of freestyle stuff going on in our
0: club right now. So when you when you explain it to the the Hokie wrestling faithful that you know we shift down, we're wrestling freestyle in Greco Roman. I mean, uh, this, the rules are different, the styles are different. The advancement's a little different. I mean, we're, here in this country, we still use a bracketing system like it is a college tournament. And when you take guys overseas, like like we saw with Joey when he was in high school on the junior world team, where there's this follow the leader, this, uh, you know, this lo- you got to lose to the finalists to be able to wrestle back. And so from a standpoint where I have to explain it to somebody that may not, that may be off the street and be like, okay, so he was good here. Why did he get beat by a guy here in freestyle? I think there's
1: a lot of, obviously a lot of people that follow the sport of wrestling. And I think they know about your average, uh, just your average Virginia Tech sports fan, um, you know, probably trying to get them to understand the in- intricacies of freestyle and Greco might be a little bit more difficult. I think, you know, the main thing obviously from a coaching standpoint we look at right now is we let like guys competing um, as much as they can compete. And, uh, you, you know, our, our regional training center is really evolving and that we get, you know, obviously Devin's going to be Jeremy Johnson. we got a lot of guys in there that are health coaching that, uh that will probably compete at some point again here soon so you know we just like the idea of having a lot of postgraduate studs in our room to help our team out too just being selfish and uh, uh so we've got you know we've got great opportunities for guys and i'm sure joey's a guy that's going to stay around he's a great freestyle wrestler he's going to stay around and wrestle freestyle and so um every year we get more and more people in and more and more people from the outside coming to train with us that's the goal
0: so when you develop a uh a system like the Southeast regional training center, you know, that regional training center concept is so big now as as schools are uh, popping up with them. And, you know, you're seeing varying degrees of school, even Ferrum technically has a a regional training center down there in uh, Franklin County. So you're seeing it from all shapes and sizes of schools. What are the benefits from, you know, obviously there's the the wrestling standpoint where the wrestlers, but from a a coaching standpoint, where do you see the benefits of having an RTC on campus? Well,
1: you know, just with the, just with the purchase of a, a USA card, um, Anytime previous to a high school athlete season and, and, and basically any time except for during their season, they're allowed in your facility to train and work out. So you get a chance to have more partners in there. you know it's obviously a recruiting benefit if you get you get the right kind of high school kids in your regional training center working out. Um, it's a great benefit for, um, for your um, you know your postgraduate guys. you don't have to have them you know, we don't have to have a Virginia Tech guy. we can have a Jeremy Johnson guy. Uh, it, let's just say jeremy wasn't on staff he is on staff but he can come and train in our facility so it's just an extra workout partner to make your college guys tougher so, so obviously from that recruiting standpoint you know it, it's it's uh it's, it's a great development tool for the guy that's in the regional training center it's great for the the college uh, guys to work out with it just creates a really good uh, training atmosphere and you know it's, it's the best part is is the NCA's approved it, and uh, you know everybody's getting on board. As
0: we look forward to next season, we've got a, a couple solid prospects that are coming in. You already mentioned uh, David McFadden. Of course, NCA rules dictate that you can only talk about athletes that have signed letters of intent. So there's a couple uh, notable names that are that are coming in. At least they've expressed. The interest, the verbal commitment—we can't talk about them because they haven't signed the NLI just yet. But uh, obviously, David McFadden had a good season. Andrew Dunn, BC Laprade from, from down in New Kent, which is out in Bay Rivers territory, uh, or whatever they're calling that district nowadays with all the six classes stuff. You know, Cody Hughes from Maine had a good had a good tournament. I mean, what do you think about the postseason performances of the kids that uh, that you can comment on? You know, at, at the Flow Nationals, at the NHSCAs, Folksdown Nationals, and those type of events.
1: Well, we got some, we got, we, I, our recruiting class just kind of, I don't know when they started ranking, but our recruiting class just kind of kept getting better and better with a couple of late acquisitions we got. And again, I, because of the rules about not actually having paperwork in hand yet and, and guys in school, there's a couple of guys I can't mention yet. But, um, uh, you know, with Nick Fadden and Dunn, you know, we got two guys that are both ranking the top two in the nation in their weight class. Those guys are, you know, they're going to make, uh, I think they're going to be really, really, really good college wrestlers. Hughes has had a good career, uh, you know, LaPregue from um, uh, a Virginia kid. I think he's kind of flies under the radar. And then, you know, we got a bunch of other kids that, uh, you know, just tough Virginia kids that, uh, that you know, don't want to shop. And, uh, you know, those guys you know, those guys are kind of like the Chris Moons of the world that but, but had a good high school careers but weren't blue-blue-chip guys that get in there and make a difference in your program. So I really like this thought. I think it's going to be one of the best we've ever had.
0: All right, so as far as uh, the Hokey Nation is concerned, what are the next big functions that we can expect to see Virginia Tech wrestling at, uh, whether it be here in the final weeks of the school year or uh, this summer?
1: Well, from a competition standpoint, obviously after Vegas, we're, we're going to send a bunch of guys on May 30 and 31st to uh, Akron for the University Nationals. Uh, then we'll shut down for a couple weeks, and uh, we've got two weeks of camp in June here on campus. All, our, all of our guys will come back and train for that. Um, And then we give them uh, the week of the fourth off, and then a lot of our guys will be back, and a lot of our incoming freshmen will be back on campus for summer school. We start summer school, I think, on July 6th, and um, so a lot of the freshmen will be doing that, a lot of the upperclassmen will be here. we got three three big weeks of camp and three weeks of training um, going on there. We're actually kicking around, sending some guys to Russia this summer. We'll know more about that on Friday. So, um, you know, we're going to take a little bit of break after University Nationals for a couple weeks, and then... We need to get a good summer uh, of training in. We'll probably cut everybody loose uh, from from camps. I think are over right around the first of August, and uh, everybody will pretty much have the month of August off. That's the month everybody kind of gets sealed up and and goes on vacation and does that kind of stuff. And then we'll get started again, you know, right after Labor Day.
0: And also, before we go, Coach, understand that, uh, you know, we, we did. A, you know, I've got a show with uh, the, that school on the other side of the state uh, that, that I attended, and uh, their coach just went into the Virginia chapter of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. But, but not to be outdone, you're going into the Roanoke Valley Wrestling Hall of Fame coming up soon. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Monday night, yes, I get a, get, I'm getting inducted into the Roanoke uh, Valley Wrestling Hall of Fame and you know, living in this area. Obviously, I lived started uh, kind of my relationship with Southwest Virginia way back in 1988. I don't want to say how old I am, but um, when I moved to Grundy, so uh, you know, between my Grundy years and my Christiansburg years, I've had a, a long relationship with Roanoke area wrestling, and it's a great organization. And uh, they support us a lot. Even now at Virginia Tech, they provide table workers for us for our uh, Hokey open, and just a great bunch of people at Roanoke Valley Wrestling Association. So. Yeah, they, they, um, um, they voted me in, I guess. I'm, I'm on, I'm in. So uh, my my 15-year-old daughter, Anna, is going to introduce me on Monday night. She's practicing. She's ready to rock it. And uh, I'll go from there. So I'll, maybe you'll see my, um, my acceptance speech on YouTube or something.
0: We'll have to get that up there and put it up on the website or at least tweet it out. So congratulations on that. So I'm in mean, 88. Let's see, that was still a good eight years before – I ran into at the state tournament that year.
1: Well, I moved there late '88, if that means anything. So yeah, right out, right, fresh out of college, right out of the University of Iowa to grundy. So that's a whole other episode right there.
0: Yeah, I was nine.
1: <laughs> you know, a lot of my most of my guys, my team, were born. So yeah, that's uh, you know I'm when born. I walk
0: around nationals and I see the guy, you know, once the season's over and you walk around, and you run into people you know that you cover, and you're like, and, you, and you'll say something to be like, wait a minute, you weren't alive when Nirvana's Nevermind came out. And it just puts things into perspective really quickly.
1: And you're always old as Jack, Jason. You. You're always old as Jack.
0: Well, then, I'm, then, then I think we're both in trouble.
1: Yeah, we're both 20.
0: With that, I think that's a good place to end it because we don't want to go down that road. This has been Episode 14 of Inside Virginia Tech Wrestling. For Coach Kevin Dresser, this has been Jason Bryant. We'll see you next time.